Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone Podcast, presented by ViStar Credit Union, with Jaguar's senior writer, John Osher. Today's guest I'm looking forward to, because today's guest is a guy that Jaguar's fans have known for what, Tony Pauline? Help me out here. 15 years, probably. So Probably longer, I think. Right. Uh, yeah, when Vic Ketchman used right. to run the uh, It's uh, Tony Jaguar Pauline Network. of the Pro Football Network. And, yes, has been working with Jaguars.com forever back when Vic, I think, uh, and uh, you guys at first used to just talk. Right. And then he brought you onto the website. It's been a relationship ever since. Even we before appreciate that, when they did the paper, Jaguars Report. Wow. I used to okay. do all in the new paper that went out. Uh, I think first they sold it as a subscription, then it was in the Jacksonville Jaguar, Union, or the Union Times or whatever, right. they put it in there. I used to do all, all the draft stuff back in the day. If my son was here, he'd say, what's a paper? There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so that's it. But yes, uh, Vic started that, uh, Jaguars.com. For people who don't know, Vic Ketchman, my uh, predecessor, started Jaguars.com essentially as a team newspaper for four or five years. It transitioned over to Jaguars.com. And uh, Tony Pauline has been, you know, in some capacity, talking, working with us for a long, long time. Take me through this draft, Tony. I keep hearing we'll get to the number one overall pick. That's a huge topic. I keep hearing that it is a good draft at the top, okay draft at the top, but then a really good draft as you go further. Do you see it that way? Yeah, it depends on the position. You know, we are in a quarterback craze time in the NFL, and when it comes to the draft, you constantly see quarterbacks being overdrafted. And a lot of people don't like this draft because last year you had quarterbacks go one, two, three. This year, you probably shouldn't have a quarterback drafted in the top 15. But going back prior to Vic Hedgeman at Jaguars Report, there was a time in the NFL draft where the impact defensive player was the most coveted type of prospect in the draft. That's what you have this year. Aiden Hutchinson, maybe Kayvon Thibodeau, maybe David Ajabu. you got a couple of good corners at the, at the top. So it is a real good draft by NFL standards, but people aren't, don't see the sexiness, if you will, of the draft because there's no quarterback at the top, which is kind of crazy in my opinion. Right before we talked, you talked with Ashlyn Sullivan of the Jaguars, and she asked you who they were going to pick number one. Uh, your answer was very interesting. I'll go over that again, if you will, and we'll talk about it more. Well, I, first of all, it's to be determined. I mean, the draft is still, what, two months away, and we're, we're just starting the combine workout, so, and the interview process and the medical is going to go in. But, you know, you build great or good football teams by drafting great or good football players. If you constantly draft for need, what happens is two or three years down the road, you can say, well, we passed up on this guy. If you take an offensive lineman like an Evan Neal with the first pick of the draft and he can't play left tackle or he doesn't pan out or Aiden Hutchinson turns into an all-pro defensive type player, you're going to say, well, we missed on that pick. So I think when you're in a situation with the Jaguars, granted they have to protect Trevor Lawrence, they've got to get some weapons around him. But you still are in an, a phase where you've got to collect really good football players and you've got to collect the best football players. And Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau on my board are much higher rated than any of the offensive linemen. You're talking about something that I've been writing about for the last couple of weeks in that I get questions all the time from fans, should they go offensive line or pass rush? And I continue to say it, it's not as simple as talking about the two positions. It's... You've got to look at the player in this year's draft. You can't just draft position. Ideally, I think if you had a left tackle that was premier and rated over those guys, you'd probably be saying something different. But you're saying, look, you got to look at the player in this year's draft. Absolutely. And I agree with what you said. There's no pure can't-miss 
pass-protecting left tackle at the top of this year's draft. Evan Neal, there are people like myself who feel maybe he can play left tackle, but he's probably better off on the right side. There are some people in the league who feel he can play, he's better at guard. You know, Aquanu, when I watch him play, I think he can be a dominant right tackle, a dominant guard. I have my concerns about him at left tackle. You know, even later, later on, if they, I think in a perfect world, the Jaguars could maybe trade down a few slots, and then you justify taking the offensive lineman if that's available to them. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because it feels, from listening to Trent Baalke the other day, they'd be very open to trading down. Um, the conventional wisdom is without a quarterback there, it's going to be tough to do. Uh, what's Tony Pauline's wisdom on that? Let's see what happened with, with Kayvon Thibodeau. I posted a story about him yesterday, and there were some concerns about his desire for football, his desire to be great, situation that you know he feels like he's already made it rather than working to make it. And if those are true, as I'm hearing, I got confirmation today, that means that Aiden Hutchinson, is probably the standalone premier potentially impact defensive player, which helps trade. Which okay, means gotcha. that there, you know, the, the supply and demand. All of a sudden, it's more uh, demand than supply. There may be a greater market for a team, say like the Jets or somebody like that, who's been searching for a pass rusher who want to move up. And by the same token, however, if that's true and Hutchinson starts becoming that guy you want. Maybe there's less incentive for the Jaguars to trade down because you want the guy. So that's always the... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if he's that much of a can't-miss guy, and I think Aiden Hutchinson is probably the surest pick in this year's draft. He's got the least amount of questions. He doesn't have the highest upside, but he doesn't have a lot of downside. You know what you're getting with him. You're getting a guy who is a great defensive player, an outstanding pass rusher, who was going to play 110% on every snap. You know, he's sort of uh, the Jake Long, if you will, uh, of uh, the number one picks. Very safe. Very dependable. You know what you're getting with them. And yet, my readers who ask me questions, more of them are concerned about Hutchinson than like him, but I assume that's just because of the Georgia game. Talk me through him a little bit. How concerned are you about that? Because that's the topic. Right, right. And number one, you should never evaluate a player off of one single game. I think number two, when you really watch that game, it wasn't that, it was as much that, you know, Georgia was able to contain Hutchinson, but they also game-planned around him. I mean, Georgia had a great, great, if you watch the game, they were going away from Hutchinson a lot. So he didn't have the game people expected or wanted. You know, he didn't play the way he did against Ohio State and Nicholas Petit-Ferrer when he ate him alive. But the fact is, is Georgia came into that game with a plan to stay away from Aiden Hutchinson, and they implemented it very well. Right. And, you know, to clarify, that's not just your opinion. That's things you're hearing from the NFL people as well. Correct. The NFL people like this guy, and they feel like he is the safest pick. And a lot of people in the NFL do believe at the top of the draft, you go for doubles and triples rather than uh, swing for the home run because you want to make sure that you use that pick and that you get value from it. You don't want to miss. When you are the Jaguars or a team like that, you can't afford to miss. And, you know, if, if they take the offensive lineman and he can't play left tackle, or he struggles, or even worse, he struggles playing left tackle. You can't afford to miss. Um, you mentioned at the top, it depends on the position, how you feel about this draft. Take me through the positions you like in this draft. Uh, what are the strongest places? Offensive tackle, late in round one, through the second round, through the third round. A lot of talent, a lot of potential there. Tight end. I don't think there's going to be a tight end draft at late in round one. You may get one. Day two. 
literally through the fifth round, you can get a real good tight end out of this draft. You can get a starting tight end, I believe, in the fourth round. You can get a good number two tight end uh, in the fifth round. So those are two of the, I think, hands down, uh, the the, uh, strongest positions in a draft. I'll ask you this because I respect your opinion on the draft. I keep getting emails about why is Kyle Hamilton not a number one possibility. Uh, is there any way that happens? Is it is this that weird a draft that that could happen, or is Hutchinson too much of a solid pick, you think? Well, I mean, there are a variety of opinions on Kyle Hamilton. Is he going to play safety in the NFL? Is he going to be a free safety? You look at his body type, I think two or three years down the road, it screams linebacker. And you look at what's happening with the NFL – and they're taking these large college safeties and they're moving them to outside linebacker. Okay. That's number one. Number two, I just don't know that his game translates all that well to the next level. And I think a guy like a Lewisine in round two from Georgia, uh, Jaquan Brisker in day two, uh, Jalen Petrie from Baylor, are better value there than taking I Kyle see. Hamilton at the top of the draft. I got you. Wide receiver for the Jaguars is going to be a huge topic in this draft. Huge topic can in free agency it's obviously yeah. a need tell me about the draft in terms of where you can get guys and possibly is it possible to get a one a 1a a stud guy at number 33 or do you have to trade up to get it well i, I think first of all a couple of things it's not a real good receiver draft for a couple of reasons we've been really uh, spoiled the past couple of years with great receiver drafts quality and quantity and what happens is when you have that sort of year after year with great drafts it's a lot of underclassmen, and eventually it's going to dilute the position sure. because the sophomores and juniors that were going to, would be seniors and juniors in this year's draft are already in the league. The stream doesn't run forever. No, ex- absolutely. So now to answer your question, you can get a good receiver, I believe, at 33. I don't know that you're going to get the real big guy that people like. A Jahan Dotson of Penn State, in my opinion, is probably the most complete receiver in this year's draft. So I'm going to go about 5'11". He may run in low 4'4". But when you watch the film, he's a guy who gets it between the ears. He's a guy that presents himself as a good vertical threat. He wins out for the contested passes. He works well with a mediocre quarterback at Penn State. Another guy who may slip to them, who I absolutely love, is Chris Olave of Ohio State, a true vertical threat, another complete receiver, good route runner. You know, everyone talks about the Traylon Burks, the big guys. NFL wants guys that can run good routes, that can separate through their routes, that become free of defenders. You can't consistently win out for the contested passes on Sunday because you're going to get beaten up. Traylon, um, Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, those are guys who do it, who I think will be around at the top of round two and be real good additions for uh, Trevor Lawrence. It sounds to me like you believe Jairus have 12 picks this year. It's throughout the uh, course of the draft, not as many at the top as they had last year. But this sounds like a decent year to have that for a team that is trying to stockpile talent. It needs talent at a lot of different areas. It is, and here's why. If you remember, last year the NCAA gave seniors another year, or they gave everybody right. another year of additional eligibility. So what happened and last, last year? last year's draft in the seventh round was not good, right? See, what was right. happening was last year you had guys who were undrafted free agents, the seventh rounders going in the fifth and sixth round. So now you have this influx of late-round talent because of so many guys that played two senior seasons. So what's going to happen this year is you're going to have guys that are generally fourth and fifth rounders end up as sixth and seventh rounders just because of the numbers game. You know, when you do your draft board, you try and come up with with 255 players with draftable grades. There's probably going to be about 325 players with draftable grades because of what happened last year. So perhaps, Tony, not a coincidence, that Trent Baalke traded completely out of the seventh round last year to get 
four sixth round picks this year and two sevens. Maybe he saw the. You have to have foresight in the draft, okay? If there's a player that you don't absolutely love and you can trade that pick to get an earlier pick next year or, or more future picks, you absolutely have to have that foresight. So I think that was a real good move. Final thought. Uh, you watch the Jaguars from afar, the Doug Peterson hire. Where do you sort of see them going now? I mean, it's in terms of the franchise. Trevor right. Lawrence, the whole sum up. You know, they wanted a, a culture change. Not just in the locker room, but throughout the entire organization, I think Peterson brings that. You know, the way he approaches the team, the game, game preparation, what he expects from his players. You're going to have more athletic tackles. That's the way he did at Philadelphia. He's a great developer of quarterbacks, which obviously is going to be a need because, you know, you want Trevor Lawrence to develop into the player we all think he can be. Uh, I think it was it's a good move, not just on the field in the locker room, but really up through the entire organization. It's a complete culture. He's a professional. He's a true professional who has a big body of work, and that's going to be a plus for the organization. Tony, consistently since I've been doing this, you're one of the best, most interesting people to talk to about this league. I, I appreciate you joining us today, and I look forward to talking to you in the future. Thanks for having me.